Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! makes me so happy. We'll have to tell you about Columbia Paint Wall Cover. All right, are we on the air? Clayton says we are on the air. Miss York, you still there? I think we're good. Yeah. Miss York, you still there? Yeah. Okay. All right, folks, we're going in a number of different directions here. Debbie, listen. <laughs> so I don't we, know we, much about the Lisa Ventura Rory we, we are We are on the air, though. Okay, I can't good. confirm. Well, good morning, air. everybody. Yeah, Clayton Harris, dude number two. You're, you're over there struggling on the engineer side. Yes, it's a, it's a much different setup than what we're used to. Yeah, so. Mike's off today. Yeah, Mike is in Arkansas. He's getting to go down there, and that's we'll let him talk about that next week, but it's that's a good awesome. deal. Yeah, it's, it's he's over there for something really fun. Uh, Mr. York, are you with us? No, he's not. All right, well, Debbie, let's go on to your guest. Yes. Because, uh, as you said, you don't know anything about uh, Roy Brooks. <laughs> well, I, I do know about Roy Brooks, and I think he's a fine person. And Are you there? Jim, are you there? Hey, yeah. Mr. York, how's it going? Awesome. All right, all right. As I recall, you know, one of the things that Michael Steele, uh, Dr. Michael Steele's principal, uh, Central High School, and I think his main complaint with, uh, with his discussions with Director of Schools Ventura was that she knew about Roy Brooks entering the Central High School property May 3rd as an unauthorized person with an AR-15 or entering the school grounds, and she knew about it within a, a few days after May 3rd, but did not inform Principal Steele of it until August 22nd. And Clayton and I both recall that you clearly remarked that that was, you know, that was not good. You didn't think she should have informed him much sooner. Yet, I think yesterday you did a, you know, you, you very much endorsed Director Ventura. Uh, and I also understand you appeared before the school board Tuesday night and spoke uh, all in favor of Ms. Ventura. Do you still take both those positions, or have you changed your mind, or what? Because he also said that the chairman of the board should have been informed as well. Yeah. 
So I, I'm just interested. Have you have you changed your position on that, or they're not necessarily inconsistent positions, Mister York? I'll leave it to you. All right, we hear you. Did you hear what I had to say? Okay. Okay, folks, I'm getting a message here, Ms. York, that you're not being heard on air. Clayton's over there working on it. But what Ms. York has, has said, you know, I asked him if, whether or not his position had changed from what he had said uh, a week or so ago on the air here that, that Director Finn Bureau should have uh, informed uh, Michael Steele, uh, you know, when she knew uh, about the Roy Brooks being on campus with an AR-15 instead of waiting for May 3rd or May 10th or whatever. Waiting from May down to August 22nd to tell Principal Steele about what had allegedly gone on in his school. And Ms. York says those are not necessarily inconsistent positions, that she could have had her reasons for uh, not telling uh, Director Steele, and, and he hasn't changed his position about uh, uh, supporting uh, Director Ventura. So, all right, we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Debbie Matthews. Good morning. It, you know, that's it's such a tough subject because I think everybody in town knows of Rory Brooks and his training because he, I mean, he trained SWAT for years and he works for, trains EMS and he works for the county EMS. I'm a, a respected person, even though he's had an issue with the city. So all of that, I think, anyway, I hope it works out because um, if I had to go in somewhere, I'd want Roy at my back. I really would. I mean, this is, you know. I keep I hearing know. that. I don't know. I, I, I do. Well, I've known him for a long time. And he and I have disagreed on a lot of things, you know, when I was with the city. But, but if he showed up and nobody else was there yet except maybe one other officer and it was a live active shooter, I would have been, we would have hit our knees thanking him for being there. So I hope they can work this out um, the best way that they can. But anyway, so glad to be here today. Glad to have you, man. So, You've got a guest. Introduce him, Listen, I, I, I'm wailing with pride, and I hope y'all can hear this, because the gentleman to my left, which you'll be able to see his picture soon. We're having a little bit of Zoom issues here. But uh, uh, this is uh, a client. <laughs> I'm good. This is a client of mine. Um, by the name of Daniel Peterson. All right, what's causing that? Go, sure. go ahead. Okay, we're good. 
Okay. Can you cannot hear me? Ron, can you hear me? We everybody can hear? Okay. Because this is important. Um, my client Daniel Peterson, at the time he wasn't my client, but when he walked in, I was selling the 807 South Garden, which was the old Foster building. If you all know a building that had sat in disrepair for a long time, but it had great bones and a, a great future, I knew. And when I saw he and his wife walk in, I was like, man, I really like these people. I hope they buy this building. And we got to know each other, and now we're working with each other on other projects and, and craziness on the radio. That's what we're working on. But uh, I brought Daniel in today because not only did he buy 807 South Garden, the Foster Building, and renovating it, which we want to talk about, he also bought the Arts District, uh, the CAB Building, the Columbia Arts Building, that's going great gangbusters right now. But last in the last month, we, he and I, <laughs> closed on the Nelson House Hotel in downtown Columbia, and he is the gentleman that's going to be renovating the hotel. So I want to introduce Daniel. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me. Daniel, Daniel welcome. And, and I sort of want to get, you were telling me before the show, now you and your family, you're married and have children? Yes, sir. Y'all now live here in Columbia, correct? We do. We do. <clears throat> Tell me how did... What, well, tell me what your journey is that brought you and your family to Columbia. So I grew up in uh, Marietta, Georgia, uh, northern southern boy. suburb of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, raised by uh, mom and dad from Chicago area. So raised in the south by somewhat Yankees, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Never never knew what grits were or had grits till I dated a, a southern girl when I was 18 years old. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, I guess. I'm still not a huge fan of grits. But, um, just, oh, don't, hold that don't put sugar <laughs> on them. Told us that, yeah. Just don't put sugar on them and you'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> so I grew up in Marietta. Uh, my family moved to Spring Hill in 2006 to help uh, some dear friends of ours plant a church that we thought was going to end up in Spring Hill. I ended up in Franklin. It's called Gateway Franklin. It's on Lewisburg Pike across the street from Berry Farms. Uh, where we served in children's ministry and missions ministry and uh, for up until about 2019. Um, in 19, we ended up with a different group, some more friends, actually helping to plant and establish another church. Uh, it's called uh, Hope You See, Open Limited Church, uh, Nashville. Uh, we purchased the Homestead Manor uh, property from Andy Marshall about three years ago. Uh, I'm a contractor, so I was able to help renovate uh, the event barn and uh, turn the old uh, bar into 1819 coffee shop, which is thriving. And it's a beautiful, it's a 50-acre property that's in the Tennessee Land Trust. They've been great to work with, and the property has remained open to the community as as it should be. Which is oh, beautiful wow. if you hadn't been to Thompson Station to see that. Yes. It's right there in Thompson Station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. I've been to several events there, and it's been fantastic. Yes. All right, how'd you get from Thompson Station to Columbia? Um, so we, I've been in the hospitality industry for the last maybe eight to 10 years, specifically Airbnb, uh, where I renovated and built some properties in the immediate downtown Franklin area over the last few years and, uh, did that business and thoroughly enjoyed, just realized how much I liked hospitality on top of just real estate and general construction. Um, 
we decided to sell those properties a couple of years ago, right at the right time, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> um, and and got with a friend of mine named Derek Barentine, who's my business partner, one of my business partners, Derek Barentine and Josh Rosenbaum, who are my partners. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, started talking about Columbia. We've been down here a few times, and and it's got a magic, doesn't it? It hurt, yeah, yeah. It hurts us, so we started snooping around. And I've been looking for property, and my agent at the time up there, um, I had some alerts set up, and I kept seeing this really cool building, uh, the Foster Building, pop up, and it would be under contract, and I'd be like, oh, I should have bought that, and then it, dropped it would drop back out of contract and two or three times, and, and probably the third time, we jumped on it and came down here, and, and it was everything we thought it might be and that's when we met Debbie and so tell us what all has gone in the foster building now well, that it's renovated Debbie it's probably a good time to take a break okay. but that's a good point many of you remember the old foster building right there on South Main Street South Garden Street in Columbia uh, you know it was the foster insurance agency for years uh, and uh, recently and come on the market I think it was no longer being used it was on the market for a while and Daniel Peterson and his uh, company, Columbia First. Uh, Daniel's a contractor, developer, hospitality guy, whole nine yards. They bought it. It's been renovated, so let's take a break and come back and talk about that. Awesome. I'm going give Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. 
The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Folks, we're back. Three news with a view. Apparently, we didn't do much in the first segment. Um, and again, our apologies. We are doing a total revamp of our hardware and software here. We're, I'd say, about right in the middle of it. And, uh, well, yep, yep, about right in the middle is about right. Somewhere in the middle, maybe maybe with the end, of the, the end in sight. But we're still in the midst of it. And you just can't do something like that without some glitches. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is over there busy on the board. He's trying to figure out what's going wrong here. If anything, we think we're on the air well now. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, good morning. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, folks, this is our last show of the week. Tomorrow, Inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross, and we will be back with you on Monday. 
and we'll look forward to that. Uh, Debbie Matthews, regular special guest dude. How you doing? Good morning. So glad to be here and so thankful that you let me bring in a special guest today. Introduce that guest, please. So this is Daniel Peterson. In case it was glitchy earlier, this is uh, my client and friend. Uh, that I respect so much, uh, that is investing in Columbia with his new business called Columbia First. They purchased the Foster Building, which is now, what's the name of the shop, Dan? So the Foster Building is two distinct businesses. Okay. Uh, the one that's open right now is called L&J Marketplace. It's right. run by my wife and her friend, yes. Nikki Peterson and Rhonda Perry. Which is great if you haven't been in, especially ladies. And the upstairs, you call it a... So the upstairs, the downstairs is kind of their private brand or their label, if you will. And the upstairs is an open vendor marketplace where they have about 15 or 20 different small vendors from around town. Uh, with a variety of things from T-shirts for tourists to things for your your bar, your barbecue grill, um, household home deck, clothing for kids, uh, so you name awesome. it. And then, and, y'all, and, and Daniel is a builder developer, folks who yeah. uh, got here from Georgia via Franklin, and then saw Columbia, and now he and his wife and children all live here. And welcome to the community, Daniel. Thank you. We're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So. In addition to your wife's private label downstairs and the vendor marketplace upstairs, there's going to be a restaurant, right, in the in the foster build, old foster building? There so is. tell us about it. We're just a few weeks away, hopefully. Um, the building uh, actually had an alley that ran between uh, 805 and 807, and we've done a little research. We believe that in the sometime between 64 and 68, Uh, The parking lot in the back was developed and the grade changed and um, the grade changed to the point that you could no longer drive back there. So the alley was enclosed and became part of our building, 807. Uh, The alley is 10 feet wide and 66 feet long. So it is an absolute shotgun uh, space. But it opens up into a 12 to 1400 square foot private courtyard that's down below the parking lot just from so if you were to walk through the open courtyard of southern tray yeah and look uh, over to your right at about two thirty or three o'clock there's a brick wall and down below that is our courtyard and now you can see it because it's got string lights almost like a beer garden back it there. does it has like a curtain of fairy lights over the top there's going to be an outside bar and beer garden tables and live music and what's the name of the restaurant going to be uh, the restaurant is going to be called ransom spirits and provisions uh, it will be we've had a discussion of whether it's a cocktail bar with food or a restaurant with cocktails. Uh, but we're really, we, we're proud to announce that we've hired a wonderful uh, chef named Mary Stadola. Uh, Mary has uh, lots of connections and has been in the industry for over 30 years and is bringing uh, her, her catering talents uh, from Nashville to Columbia. She actually just also moved down here. Uh, and her daughter, Amelia, uh, we just lured her from a ritzy place in Knoxville. And she's looking for a house. So we are just about staffed up. Sounds like business for me. I'm ready excited. to go. Yeah. That's right. Sounds but, like all yeah. the great people who are coming yeah. to this community, and well, we welcome them. And Daniel also owns the Columbia Arts Building, which most people don't know. That was your second big purchase in Columbia. That was the second one. Actually, but, yeah. I'm sorry. I was familiar with that one a little bit yeah. um, before Garden Street. I had seen that a couple times um, as I'd come down to visit the old dotted lime right and and when that one came up we 
kind of, again, jumped on that one. We saw the potential in that building also. So he's done two big investments in Columbia that are going to really, I mean, just raise our profile. But what's really going to do it is the purchase that he made that we did together uh, about a month ago, because Daniel and Derek uh, Barentine and Josh, and Josh they purchased the Nelson House Hotel, which is on North Main Street across from the police department, which is probably the crown jewel of downtown that had not been renovated. And so... We have Daniel here today to talk about the renovation, and also I asked my friend Tom Price, the county historian of the archives, to talk about the significance of uh, the Nelson House. So Tom Price is going to join us as well this morning. Good, Good morning. morning, Tom. Morning, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. Our very own KBC's Tom Price. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and folks, that's the Nelson House Hotel is right there on North Main Street, and many of you may be familiar with it. I think the last business that was in it was the old Redmond Davidson Church. Company and that's been thirty years ago or, or better. Uh, it has been in different hands over the years, um, and fortunately, they were hands that were dedicated to, to preserve. Excuse me, to preserving it. And uh, but they uh, were folks who didn't see a way to restore it or do something with it, but they recognized its historical significance and left it alone. They didn't tear it down, and which is so fortunate. But now, Daniel Peterson, his his uh, firm called Columbia First, has purchased it, and they do have plans uh, to renovate it and uh, uh, make it a part of Columbia life again. And I think, Daniel, maybe first tell us what your plans are, and then Tom, tell us Tell us the history of the Nelson House here in Columbia. All right. Yes, it's a beautiful building. I have to admit that I, I probably did trespass and sneak into the parking lot and peek in the windows um, at some point in the past. Uh, uh, so when Debbie called and said that it may be coming available and was I familiar with it, I was definitely familiar Um it, it, yeah, it is definitely a step into the past when you step into that front door uh, with the small hallways and the banister and the staircase. Um, it's it's a little bit of an intimidating project. It needs a lot. It it still needs a lot of structural and cosmetic repair. But once we get over that hump, it, it's going to be kind of home free. Uh, our plans for it is uh, one of the needs we see uh, in downtown Columbia is a need for fine dining. Um, and also for um, upscale event space. Uh, so our plan is to add a large commercial kitchen off the back of the building uh, with bathrooms and um, like an outside bar structure. Uh, the first level of the home um, or the, of the house will be uh, a restaurant and a cocktail bar. Uh, the second two levels will have seven boutique hotel rooms, a bride-ready room, and a groom-ready room, because our plan will be uh, to be able to host um, private events and specifically go after the wedding industry, uh, where you could imagine a scenario where um, a family will come in even from out of town to stay in such a historic place and then be able to stay in the hotel uh, the night before the night of the wedding. Wow. And wow. they're going to be great. So it's got two stories or three stories. Three stories. Three stories. What's on the third story? The third story. That's going to be the boutique hotel rooms. Yes. Okay. So okay. Each, each level. Is All right. The first level will be restaurant and cocktail bar. Okay. Second. Second will have uh, three rooms and a bride ready room. 
um, and the third floor will have four rooms and a groom ready room. Wow. And so, yeah, wow. All right, Nelson Hotel comes back to life. Tom Price, tell us about the Nelson Hotel and its uh, previous lives in Columbia. I love the plan because it's really bringing it back to what it was really initially, right? So that's one of the earliest, if not the earliest, surviving commercial building in Columbia. Um, The first owner was a guy named Jeremiah Cherry, who came from North Carolina when this was still the Western Frontier. Uh, when when Columbia was partitioned off into lots, that was known as lot number seven. And Cherry bought it uh, and immediately put up a two-story tavern on that site, the earliest tavern in Columbia, probably a frame structure. Um, he ended up selling it to his son-in-law, Pleasant Nelson, who saw an opportunity then to upgrade it. And in 1828, he turned it into a hotel, which he called the Columbia Inn. Our first um, reference to the Columbia Inn and the hotel comes from Nathan Vaught, who is Columbia's master builder. He had his hands in almost every piece of architecture, certainly all of the historical structures that that predate probably 1880, that still stand in Murray County, and we're blessed with a bunch, right? Um, he had his hands in, in all of that. He wrote his memoirs when he was in his 70s for his children, and he had a phenomenal memory because his diary goes year by year what he did and what he built. And he wrote this in 1828. I put a fine front door and two pair of fine ramped and need stairs and many other things on and about the new brick hotel that Mr. Pleasant Nelson has just put up. And that's the present day Nelson House. That's the Nelson House. Exactly right. So he called it the Columbia Inn in 1830. There are newspaper advertisements that are advertising the Columbia Inn. Uh, In 1832, he started advertising it, changing the name a little bit from the Columbia Inn to the Nelson and Walker house. He took on his son-in-law, Joseph Walker, uh, in 1832. So the name changed a little bit then. That partnership only lasted for about four years. Uh, and then it becomes the Nelson house ever after that. There's some great stories that are associated with it. My favorite one has to do with William Hawkins Polk, who is James K. Polk's younger brother. So William is a is a a promising young man. He grew up in Columbia. Their father, Samuel, had passed away. So James K. Polk sort of became the patriarch of the family. And he's looking after young William, who you you get a sense of immediately endeared himself to everybody. He was just a gregarious young man. He wanted to follow in his older brother's footsteps going to the University of North Carolina. He agreed. And off he went to North Carolina. uh, when James K. Polk starts getting angry knocks on his door from a number of shop owners in the downtown area saying, did you realize before William left for North Carolina, he'd run up bills totaling about $800 in clothing? James K. Polk loses his mind, right? And uh, immediately writes to an uncle in North Carolina who's going to be looking after William while he's there saying, don't give him any money. He's got enough to bear out his expenses. He should need nothing. Don't give him any money and explain the situation. The very next letter James K. Polk gets is from his brother William saying, I need some money. I've lost my hat. I need a new one. My shoes are completely worn out, and I need a few other things, too. And uh, that's the theme for James and William really for the next decade is William asking for money, James K. Polk losing his mind, and then acquiescing and doing it. Uh, He didn't graduate from the University of North Carolina. He hated it there, so he wrote to James saying, send me home. I'll go to school in Tennessee. He graduated from the University of Nashville, studied law, and became an attorney. And in the Nelson House Hotel uh, on December, about December 1st of 1830, 
eight, he's having dinner with uh, another young attorney, Richard Hightower Hayes, who came from a prominent family in Nashville. You'll recognize his family at Belmont, Belmont Mansion is Adelicia Ackland's home. That's his sister. Uh, so that gives you a sense of sort of his background. Promising young lawyers both. William had just been married to a local girl. They're having dinner. And all of a sudden, Richard Hightower Hayes says something about the local girls. And William is offended. He just married one and throws a glass of wine in his face at dinner uh, at the fanciest restaurant in Columbia at the Nelson House Hotel. Uh, and their friends break him up. It looks like it's going to uh, end up fine. Um, but later, William gets word that Richard is is uh, spreading the rumor that it all happened because William was drunk. Well, William takes offense to that because his brother Franklin had just died of alcoholism. So he goes to his carriage, picks up his whip, seeks out Richard Hightower Hayes, and beats him beats him badly at the Nelson House or elsewhere in on the square somewhere <clears throat> in the square okay somewhere okay. near somewhere nearby nearby the next day uh, a Sunday he sends a letter of apology feels bad about what happens and uh, Hayes sends back a letter saying you better arm yourself sir if I see you I'm going to shoot you in the street like a dog and on the next day uh, we need to take a break I'm going to tell you what happens uh, okay so cliffhanger, find out what cliffhanger. this is a good one there we go we'll know what happens when we come back This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Are you looking to turn your car into cold, hard cash today? Don't look any further than Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. You probably know us for selling cars, but did you know we're in the business of buying cars? That's right. We buy all makes and models at top dollar every day. Show up with your car and leave with cash. It's that easy. Stop by today to get a written offer on your vehicle. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia is family owned and proud to serve our community. You can count on us. Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Let's talk about antique versus vintage jewelry. Did you know antique jewelry is over 100 years old and vintage is 50 to 100 years? Tillis Jewelry, located downtown Columbia, has a wonderful collection from Georgian, Victorian, Edwardian, and Art Deco. We select every piece for their timeless beauty. Stop by and select your favorite piece. Jewelry to last a lifetime. Remember, Tillis Jewelry, your antique and vintage jewelry store. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. If you happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it then your face will surely show it if you're happy and you know it clap your hands when you see the happy face on our truck you'll be smiling because you know that you're in luck when you fixed up and you know it healer solved it like you hoped it if you're happy and you know it shout it out Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. 
Uh, napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of southern middle tennessee join us help us call us front porch radio delk kennedy thank you for listening Del Kennedy, I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris is on the boards. He's been struggling with it. Coach Mike Lyles is out attending a family event, so uh, we th- we think we're all straight now, all on the air. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how you doing? Good morning, Del. I'm here. All right, Ron Hart, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, good to have you. Native son, favorite son, Central High School grad, 1977. Uh, Great to have you. Debbie Matthews is with us. She has a special guest. She's brought Daniel Peterson, who is uh, his firm's called Columbia First. And 
uh, the, he's a developer, uh, con- contractor kind of guy, and he has taken an interest in Columbia and its historic buildings, and uh, so much so that he and his family have all moved here. And we welcome Daniel Peterson to Columbia and your family. Hey, Daniel. Thank you. All right. And, uh, y'all, we could spend a whole other show talking about this, so let's try to dive right in. Uh, the Nelson House, which all of us who love Columbia have – it's it's been vacant for maybe thirty years more, or yeah. more, and it's on North Main Street in Columbia. All of us know of it as a very uh, significant historic uh, venue in Columbia and Murray County. Uh, the fear for so many years was that it would just be torn down. Daniel and his firm, Columbia First, have bought it and made a commitment to renovating it, actually turning it back into what it was, a restaurant and a, and a hotel. Uh, so, And we also want to welcome in Tom Price, our county uh, uh, archivist and, and uh, archivist historian, whatever, to tell us about the Nelson House and what its significance is to Columbia. Uh, Tom, you were going to say uh, what happened with William Polk, so, right. let's, so let's roll the drums let's, and tell us. Let's jump right back. Back in where we left off. So uh, dinner went badly. Uh, William horsewhips uh, Mr. Hayes pretty badly, uh, and the fight is on. Hay- Hayes has made the threat that you- he better arm himself. Uh, let me use William's words for what happened next. This is a letter that he wrote to his older brother, James K. Polk, who was Speaker of the House of Representatives at the time and in the middle of his run, first run for governor of Tennessee. So this is Potentially, uh, can you imagine today, right, if the Speaker of the House's brother murdered a guy uh, or potentially is getting into a fight with a guy in, in wherever town USA, what that's going to be on social media? Forget the, about it. The Speaker of the United States. Right, House right. Congress. Oh. So, so here's William writing to his brother, James K. Polk, explaining what happened. He goes, the substance of the affair of Monday is as follows. I had been home to my dinner in the country. When I came in town and walking by Herndon's corner, I was hailed by Mark Pillow to stop. I did so. We were engaged in conversation. We had not been there more than five minutes before Hayes left his office, walked up the pavement until nearly opposite where he turned and advanced on me very rapidly, and when within about 20 paces, he called on me to stand and defend myself. Suiting the action to the word, he drew and fired. I occupied my position, making no movement until he addressed me. I then drew and fired as soon as I could. There was not more than a second's difference in the report of the two pistols. The result being ascertained... I immediately delivered myself up for legal to the legal authorities. My whole conduct on Monday morning and evening was particularly uh, uh, guarded with a view to a clear justification should I prove fortunate in the affray. I did not go on the side of the street on which his office is, for I did not wish to appear as bullying him into the attack. The first Monday in January, the court commences. From the present state of public opinion, my counsel think it best to have the trial, the first court. So you, you can tell what happened. He's writing this letter, which means he survived. Uh, Hayes fired first and missed. William shot back and shot him in the head. He died a couple of hours later. They found three guns and five knives on Hayes. <laughs> so he came with a purpose in mind. He's a true uh, Colombian. Uh, that day. <laughs> Will, William uh, was not convicted of murder, which is what Hayes' family was trying to get. But he was uh, found guilty of assault for horsewhipping him the night before. He spent a month in jail. His new bride moved into the jail with him. And according to a letter from another brother said they enjoyed as good accommodations as they had at home. Well, of course, <laughs> well, they had the go. Speaker of the House. As they, <laughs> they better be taken care of. So, so Polk, James K. Polk was a little worried about this, of course, as, as he was running for governor at the time. 
Uh, but he he came through pretty pretty unscathed. And all this started at the Nelson House. It all, all started, started at, the, at the, Nelson. the Nelson House Hotel. Um, I wanted to mention, in 1855, there was a newspaper article that gives us a good description of the Nelson House. It says, the undersigned, meaning Pleasant Nelson, having recently purchased this well-known house in Columbia, being permanently located therein, respectfully solicits a liberal share of the traveling and domestic patronage. The building has been newly and neatly refitted for the accommodation of its customers. A very large and commodious livery stable supplied with experienced hostlers have been completed on the tavern lot, which was right behind the Nelson house. A most expert and skillful barber, John Brown, has located adjacent to the premises. The most attentive servants have been procured, and every effort will be made and no pain spared to render the guests of the house comfortable. I want to mention John Brown, the barber. He's an important character in Columbia's history. We're really learning a lot about him. He was a free man of color who had his own business, a barber shop in downtown Columbia. He was cutting the hair of African-Americans and white folks, too. So uh, there's been a lot of scholarship around barber shops in history. They're kind of a nexus of information, right? right. When I was a kid, I went to uh, I went to uh, Mr. Henry's barber shop, uh, and uh, all the old men were sitting around the, the outside of the room, right? They all had mm-hmm. their newspapers open, and they were talking politics. It's always been sort of that nexus of information uh, in a community, and John Brown was that guy, mm-hmm. right? He was a free man of color, but he was getting all the information from everybody in town. It made him rich. The information he gathered, he became a very wealthy money lender to both white and black folks in Colombia. A serious businessman in Colombia early on. And it's really interesting, I think, that this is pre-Civil War, right? This is before emancipation, that he, Pleasant Nelson in the Nelson House, is, is advertising him as well. Uh, that was bringing more, more business to the, so to exciting. the, to so the community. Good. Can you tell us what happened to the Nelson House after the Civil War and at the turn of the century? Yeah, so at, uh, in 1860, he expanded the business. Uh, he mentions in another ad uh, that the Nelson House has been expanded. It's an, it has an imposing front of 100 feet running back the same distance. Uh, has, it can accommodate 150 to 200 persons, uh, they say at that point in time. The dining hall is 60 by 40 feet large and conveniently arranged. So they did a pretty major expansion onto the building at that point in time. Uh, The Civil War, of course, this is a time before hospitals. uh, So the Nelson House was used as a hospital. It's the only place in town that would have lots of beds for uh, the afflicted to be be able to go. Also during times of uh, epidemics in this community, the cholera in 1849, uh, for instance, it was used as a hospital at that point in time, too. Um, Jesse and Frank James is purported to have stayed there in about 1881. Uh, and in 1885, a fire destroyed that addition that we just mentioned. So the Nelson House today, as you look at it, is about half as big as it was uh, in 1860. In 1910, it's advertised as the Wayside Inn. So another name change for it at that point in time. And then after that, it changed hands uh, a bunch. It w- uh, had law offices in it for a number of years. Uh, the Columbia Business College operated out of that uh, facility for quite a time. Redmond Davis, you mentioned insurance, was there. It was a music shop. Yeah, uh, to- Yeah. Oh, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, was well, there. so but I, I want to give a special shout out to Monty Sneed, not only because Caledonia is a sponsor of this show, but um, but that Monty has a, ha, was on the historic board forever, and he kept this building safe. And I just want to say that we we got it, Monty. We got it to someone. Monty sold it to another client of mine, Joe Bala. 
Uh, and Joe ended up having a health issue and couldn't do the renovation. So Joe called me and said, I need to let the help Nelson house go. And I was like, we have to make sure we get it in the right hands. It has to be someone with the mind of history that will do this as it needs to be done. And Daniel was my first call. And I'm so thankful. So tell them again what we're going to do with well, the Nelson house. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested, Daniel. And, you know, you've looked at the building. You're, you've, you've got your plans to basically take it back to where it was a restaurant and a motel a hotel but uh you know what what are the, you're you're the contractor builder what are the challenges you see in uh and in, in renovating this building and keeping its historic uh features intact yeah so as we talked about a little bit earlier we have applied for the historic preservation grant um which we will be receiving which is great so thank you to Governor Lee and the state of Tennessee for <laughs> offering that. I do want to also thank Monty. Um, there, there's an odd little uh, property line thing in the back of the property um, where where we share his space. I guess it was from the original division of the buildings. And so we've been working with Monty, and he is going to uh, give us three or four feet um, where we have a little oddity to help us uh, do our addition properly. So thank you, Monty, for that. Um, yeah, with the uh, historic preservation grant, uh, we've been we've met with the people from the state. They've been super helpful, and they've basically told us here are the things you can and can't do if you're going to get this grant. And basically, what they want is they want a true uh, preservation, not a renovation. So we're. You know, the floors are in, in horrible condition. You know, everything is bowed from heat and just age and that kind of thing, not being conditioned for a long time. Uh, so we'll be doing some of the challenges are things like uh, we're going to be taking off almost 20 percent of the front of the building. There will be an upside down and backwards L shape section of the building missing and being replaced uh, before the end of the year, hopefully here. And uh, all the brick will be saved. All the grout joints will be ground out and re-tuck pointed, so it'll it'll look new. Uh, the windows will all come out and be sent off to be restored and replaced. Uh, same with the front door. It has a beautiful staircase um, that will be media blasted down to the original. And, and this front door, Tom, is the one that Nathan Vault was talking about installing in 1832 or exactly what? Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So awesome. The floors, the hardwood floors will all actually come out, be denailed, be stored, and go back in. Um, our architect, George Newber, um, had quite a chore in creating the as built drawings as the building is about two to three inches off square. Oh, um, listen, every yeah. old building is. Which isn't bad. You know, you know that. Two, yes, you know that. bad for 200 years old. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there will be challenges, but we're we're up for the task. Well, it's it's I'm just I'm just so proud because, um, you know, I've I've eyed that building forever and would have loved to have bought it. Joe said, "David, you want to buy it?" And I would have bought it, but I didn't have the all of us to do are, that. Right? All of us who are interested in Columbia's history, Murray County's history, have been watching the Nelson House for years. And so, Daniel, we are so pleased. Uh, good luck with your renovation. Good luck with your project. There, we, we will be excited and, to watch it as it develops. And go visit his building at the old Foster Building. Go visit the businesses and 
You're going to dine at Ransom. Yes. It's a new one. Sometime in October. Sometime in October. And the Columbia Arts Building. Yes. So. There we go. Thank you for investing in Columbia. Debbie, thanks for bringing this. Daniel, great to have you. Thank you, guys. Everybody else, sorry about all the glitches, misfires. We'll get there. See you Monday, guys.